Hello, this is Ed Robinson, and welcome back to another episode of the Deep End with Ed podcast. The Deep End. The Deep End. The Deep End. With Ed Robinson. The Deep End. The of this weekly podcast is to inspire you to go into the Deep End by talking about real challenges and providing practical tips and inspiration from me or my guests. Before diving into this episode of The Deep End with Ed, I'd like to give you a lifeguard tower moment. Again, this is something that you would do for others. Now, we're in the month of October of 2023, and what I would like for you to do is to consider wearing either the color pink for breast cancer awareness or purple for victims of domestic violence. So when you're going to school, going to work, you're going to worship, you're going out for dinner or whatever, just consider, again, wearing either the color pink Again, for breast cancer awareness or purple for victims of domestic violence. I think it resonates. It is a good conversation starter. It means a lot when you know that there are others that are out there and they see you and they are recognizing you. And that's for the men and women alike. As a matter of fact, uh, upcoming uh, Sunday, I'm going to have on either a pink shirt or a pink jacket in light of what's going on with um, breast cancer awareness. Okay? So I want to encourage you to do so. So for season number nine, our theme has been overcoming the fear of public speaking. On episode four, which was the prior episode, we talked about the body of your speech. We gave some ideals for the meat of your presentation. That is the main aspect of what it is that you're trying to communicate, uh, what you want to focus, what you want to share with your audience. And if you recall, I gave you, so to speak, a metaphor for speech preparation in the form of a sandwich. And what I mean by that, the first slice of bread uh, is what I consider your introduction or your opening. And again, that's where you want to really kind of say something. Uh, It might be something bizarre. It might be a quip. It might be a quote. It might be an antidote. Something to arrest, to gain the attention of your audience, to make them want to continue to listen to you, a poem, a short story, or something to just kind of reel, uh, reel them in instead of just getting up there and just giving a speech. Do something a little bit radical to uh, raise their awareness. And then last week, we really delved into the meat or the body of your presentation. So that's the in-between. You got the bread on top and you got the meat with the lettuce and everything in between. And so you want to give, again, the main thrust, the main portion, the main takeaway Uh, so to speak, of your uh, speech, of your presentation. And as I was saying, you never want to make a point without telling a story or vice versa. You never want to tell a story without making a point. And I live in the world of three, so I'd like to do no more than three points, three takeaways that I want uh, for my audience to glean from it. And beginning again, as I said on the last episode, the reason for that is that People can, you know, they can work with threes, but when you start giving them five, seven, ten different points of ideals, then, you know, it can kind of uh, throw people off. Not saying that it can be done. You may do a top ten or something, and you do it within an efficient and a, uh, uh, a very strategic time frame, that'll work too. But for the most part, I would say uh, limited to three points or three thoughts that you may have. And then the second slice of the bread is what we're going to talk about today. That is the conclusion. That's the wrap-up. That's where you're getting ready to really kind of, you know, land the plane, so to speak. And all of the other condiments, whether it's the mayo, whether it's the mustard, whether it's the 
uh, you know, you have olives or whatever it is that you put on your bread or whatever. I just want you to know those are the those are the extra things. Those are the things, you know, the, the points and the jokes and the things that, you know, uh, make you want to really, you know, kind of get uh, folks inspired and fired up. And let me just say a thing about jokes. I didn't say this at all. Never tell a joke at the expense of anyone else. It might be your spouse, your significant other, it might be your sister, your brother, it might be a co-worker, a lover, or so never do it at the expense of them. I think that's very important. And the only reason I would say you would do something like that is if in an event you talk to them beforehand, hey, I'm going to tell this joke, here's the punchline or whatever. But as a rule of thumb, you really uh, be mindful of that. Stay away from political jokes religious jokes uh, because again it can be polarizing you know it's intent versus impact your intent is to tell a funny story but it may impact someone advert adversely so be mindful of telling jokes and there are all kind of programs and things you can google and look up things you know what's a good clean joke or something or you may have heard a good joke that has resonated well with someone so keep that in mind also okay so let's jump into the conclusion of your speech so you've already created your introduction you have your opening line uh, you're ready for that you have your the main thrust of it your body of the presentation and now you get to the conclusion the conclusion is just as important as the introduction so translated not only in the introduction you want to wet the w-a-t-t wet someone's appetite to really kind of reel them into what you're talking about but on the conclusion you really kind of want to give them something to think about so when i think of the conclusion i think about it it is something that should reinforce the message the body that you had given and it should have unity it should uh, bring effective closure to what it is that you're communicating so it might be something like summarizing the main points of your presentation or your speech you know you're up there giving a conclusion you don't necessarily have to say the word conclusion. I mean, I, I use it sometimes and sometimes I don't. You know, you may say something like in conclusion or you may say something like as I get ready to land the plane or my final thought, you know, that type of thing. You don't. It, it's not necessarily, uh, but sometimes it does help to aid the audience. It gives them a, a clue that, okay, I'm getting ready to conclude. But what you don't want to do is say, I'm going to conclude. And then you're up there another 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. So be mindful of that. So again, summarizing the main points of the speech. Whatever it is that you communicated to those those three points, just kind of in a roundabout way, you know, uh, reinforcing those particular points in a very simple, conversational, organic type of way. You know, um, remember, as I said earlier, you know, uh, 50,000 people, sign up for uh, swimming lessons a year and uh, you talk a little bit about that and then you may say something along those lines as a result of the people signing up uh, we have found that there has been a tremendous reduction in drownings and things of that nature and then you sum it up you know with something else so summarize your main points and then again if you have a particular purpose you know that you had talked about it's very important to restate your purpose or some people may call it the thesis statement or call it a you know um, a, a, an opening statement that you have so you can restate that also as I said earlier swimming is something that you know the average person uh, should really know how to do and then you kind of you know you, you tie that in and then I think it's important also when you think about that you know is really 
uh, I like to have, I like to end speeches with, for me, a call to action. So rather than people just sit there and allow me to just drone on and go on and on and on and on, what is a particular call of action that it may have? So I'm using, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. So using the swimming analogy. So one of the things that I really would like for you as an audience to do is this week, I'd like for you to contact your local parks and recreation, contact your local uh, swimming pool and find out what are the hours that they have and what are some of the programs that, that they offer, how much they cost. And then I want you to consider enrolling or enrolling your children or family member who needs to learn how to swim in those particular programs. I think it's important again to move them to a call to action. And then there's a couple of things that you don't want to do in the conclusion because sometimes, you know, we race to the conclusion and we get excited about things. And, you know, when you're introducing something new um, in your presentation, in other words, something that you hadn't talked about and now you're introducing something new and it may be incongruent. It may not even support what you're saying. You don't want to leave the audience, you know, like, hmm, well, how do, what does that have to do with this? So be mindful of, of, of that. And then, again, you may say earlier, you know, you may have a particular perspective. You know, I believe that everyone who uh, knows how to swim are uh, game changers. They are the ones that can really make a difference. And then you get to the conclusion and then you say something, you know, I know I said earlier that everyone who knows how to swim are, you know, game changers or lifesavers. And then all of a sudden, you know, I thought about it and I'm going to change my position. I know it sounds obvious, but I've seen people actually change their position once they got to the conclusion. And then when you get to the conclusion, uh, it, I think it's really important. It's that I really want to kind of stay here for a moment. I, as you probably picked up on it over these, this particular season, I, I'm really big on this, the art of storytelling. You do not, let me be clear, you do not have to be an expert at telling stories. But I think when you, if you can tell just a well-told story and say it in a manner that really kind of ties in everything that you're saying, I think it really can lift a person, really can make a difference. It really, again, allows people to, like I said, to come along, um, as I said on prior episodes, to come along with you. It's, it's, you're inviting them to walk with you. So again, if I'm, if I'm ending, I usually, as a rule of thumb, I try to end most of my presentations with a story. And I have this book and I forgot it again. It's, it's a, there's a book that I have and it has, I'm in a plethora. It has many, many stories in there. And I can just look at it. It goes through A through Z. It might be something on motivation. It might be something on, um, um, finances it might have something to do with inspiration it might have something to do with grief I mean, I mean there's all kind of stories that's in there and so you can just google it you know a storybook you know you can look it up or you may even find some i find some stories online you know just searching surfing the internet sometimes you can get stories like that or you may hear stories you know you may be part of a faith-based organization or a, a social club that you're part of or at school or a coach or someone and they tell you a story and you can always tie those things in and also. So I think it's important when you share a story or a personal anecdote uh, that that's presented in a positive way, you know, where you can really, again, allow people to come along uh, towards that end. So I'll do one just off the 
top of my head. So this is one heaven when you're trying to uh, give people access to something or someone. So a story is told about uh, during the Civil War era, there was a soldier that would sit across on a bench and he would always sit out there every day. And he sat across from the White House and his goal was to get in to see the president. The president at that time was Abraham Lincoln. And so um, the soldier would sit out there every day and he would go across the street and every day the Secret Service, the White House police would turn him away. So one day this kid came out and he was out there playing and he noticed the soldier was sitting there and he noticed he was a little bit distraught. So he went up to him and he said, hey, mister, he said, are you okay? And he said, yeah, young boy, I'm okay, but I had a little trouble. He said, what's the, what's the trouble? He says, I'm, I'm trying to get in to see President Lincoln. However, um, the, the security guards and the police force and the Secret Service, they keep turning me away. And the little boy said, oh, is that right? He said, well, let me see what I can do. So he tucked the gentleman by the hand and he walked him across the street. They walked across the lawn of the White House. They walk into the uh, White House. They walk into the Oval Office. And the little boy uh, tells President Lincoln, he said, excuse me. He says, Daddy, this man right here needs to see you right now. And so the point of the moral of the story is that the young boy was the president's son. And he had direct access to the president. So as a result of that, he was able to bring this man along. So I might use that in a story where I'm trying to get someone access to college, trying to get someone access to a job, trying to get someone access to information. And the point of the story is that I'm trying to say that there are people who are connected to people who can help others. So it may be something, just something as simple as that, where you're trying to encourage someone to uh, to, to do that. Or it may be, I have another story for you when you're talking about overcoming the odds. Stories told about a, um, a farmer who had a donkey and the donkey happened to fall into this well. And the, uh, this was like the fourth or fifth time in the last two weeks that the donkey had fallen into the well. And so the, the uh, farmer got tired of it. He said, you know what? He says, we're going to have a donkey, a donkey burying party. So he calls up all of his friends and he says, I want you to bring your best uh, shovels. I want you to bring your platinum shovels, your gold shovels, your uh, steel shovels, your, your, your uh, plastic shovels. Just bring every, every, just everyone bring a shovel. So what they decided to do is that the donkey's in the well and he's, he's heeing and hawing and trying to get out. And so what they did, they decided to just throw dirt. They had a pile of dirt and they just kept, everyone took a shovel and they just kept uh, throwing it on, into the well. So what happened was, as they would throw it in, the donkey would just step up on the pile and he would shake it off. And he just kept doing it. He would step up and shake it off. And he kept throwing it on and he would shake, step up and shake it off. They kept doing it again. He would step up and shake it off. And finally got to the well, to the point where the dirt was above the well and the donkey was able to just step out across the well and save himself. Summarily, what should have killed the donkey, should have destroyed the donkey, it actually saved his life. So the moral of that story, again, is that sometimes you're facing obstacles, you're facing difficulties, and it seems like, you know, the struggle and the challenge and the people and everything just beating you down and you don't know how you're going to get through it. You can sometimes leverage, you can sometimes take advantage, you can sometimes turn things around and what, what should have been meant for evil or bad, you can turn around and use it for good. So those are just a couple of stories that 
uh, I've used over the years. So again, there are many, many stories that you can tell. So the, again, let me get back to what we were talking about earlier and the conclusion again, I just want to encourage you again, what you want to do is really just kind of tie in, summarize your points that you said earlier. You want to be able to restate, you know, your purpose, you know, of what it is that you, your main aim, goal that you're trying to get across to them. And then you want to really kind of get to a point where you can really move them to a call to action. And one of the final things that I was saying is that you really, if you can, tell a good story. Tell a good story that can really work to help someone towards that end. So that's all that we have for this series um, as relates to uh, public speaking. I want to close out by telling you that, again, uh, you can do it. Uh, don't let anyone uh, discourage you. Public speaking, again, is anytime you're communicating in public. It might be when you're watering your grass. It might be when you're at the ATM. It might be when you're at the store. It's not necessarily when you're sitting behind a microphone or you're standing up before an audience. And so uh, most individuals are really rooting for you. They'd rather you be up there than, than they. Because remember, glossophobia, the fear of public speaking is one of the main, number one fears. Uh, number one or two or three fears that people have uh, in the in the world and so uh, you can make a difference uh, you might uh, find yourself again affirming uh, encouraging yourself uh, talking to yourself uh, doing things that will really kind of get you into the game and so uh, for the last 35 years at least that I'm aware of every day I recite this point to myself and some of you on the podcast have heard it a hundred times, and I'm going to say it a hundred and one time. And it's titled, If You Think. It simply says that if you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win but think you can't, it's almost a sense you won't. If you think you lose, you're lost. For on the world we find success begins with the person's will. The life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster person, but sooner or later the one who wins is the one who thinks they can't. And so I've used that to really motivate, to inspire audiences and crowds to lift them, to say simply that if you believe in your heart and if you think it and if you believe it, it can come to pass. It's really all about, it's not about how sharp you are, how smart you is, what type of degree you have or what degree you don't have or credentials here and there, or have you done a thousand speeches or have you done one speech? It's really all about thinking and creating that atmosphere in your mind and visualizing, seeing yourself doing uh, a successful presentation. So let me give you a coachable moment as we get ready to land the plane, if you will. This, this week, what I want you to do is just really stand in front of a mirror, whether it's a waist side, full view mirror, or one that just captures your, your waist in the bathroom or so. I want you to stand in front of a mirror at home, and I want you to practice just giving a speech. I want you to practice giving a speech have your cue cards or you may have you know just practice your opening one day then we'll practice a little bit on my body then we'll practice my conclusion and practice my storytelling but what i really like for you to do is pay attention to the non-verbals including like your hand movements what are your hands doing are there are you in a fig leaf position where i see a lot of speakers do or your hands in your pocket are they fumbling with keys or are they moving around you know like you're a cheerleader or a band director or whatever so pay attention to that, your body language, you know, are you standing up with your arms crossed or folded across your chest, which which is mean I'm closed, I'm not open. I want you to also pay attention to your eye and your facial uh, movement, you know, or am I giving good eye contact, meaning 
you know, am I roving to make sure I'm connecting with everyone or am I just looking straight ahead? Uh, am, am I smiling? Am I, you know, that type of thing. So pay attention to those things. Again, thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast. A special thanks to Nicole Robinson for producing and editing this podcast. Please share this podcast with others and do subscribe to our Instagram and Facebook pages at Deep In With Ed. The Deep In With Ed podcast is a Beyond the Mass conversation production. Remember, if we all join hands together, we can go twice as far. Thank you and God bless.